to talk about fantasy football with your host Bert Lockley, Bruce Defenson, Paul Grossi, and Weston Lockley. Welcome everyone to Talk About Fantasy Football, the only fantasy football podcast that understands it is just a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Burke Loxley, and today I'm joined by at MCBTAF at Yahoo.com. How's it going, everybody? At Taff Paul T. Merry Christmas, America. Wow. And at Taff Eric FBL. Happy Hanukkah, America. That makes sense. That makes sense. It is the twelfth night of Hanukkah, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, right? No. No, it can't be the twelfth night of Hanukkah. It's the You're thinking of the twelve days of Christmas. It's true. Well what is mm. it? It was the twelfth the twelfth was the first night. You know what? This probably isn't the show for that. Uh, <laughs> it is Tuesday, December nineteenth, which would make this the eighth day of Hanukkah. We all know that. Um, it is episode Andre Reed of Talk About Fantasy Football, and it's an interesting re- uh, episode because it would be a What Just Happened episode. But, all right, the, the, can, can I rap with you? I'm turning my chair around backwards. Um, I'm going to sit A.C. <laughs> Slater as I talk to the, the listener and say, uh. basically, there's one of two things that happened. You're either in your championship game or you were eliminated. Now, there's, there's still people who play and play vociferously for third place, eighth place, you know, ninth place, what what have you. But really the 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 deliciousness is is in the championship game. So if you're not in it and anybody who's played fantasy football who isn't Weston has spent more time out of the championship game than in it. So you know what I mean when I say that it's just bitter. There's no way to enjoy it. There's no way to have fun. And if you're listening to this, you're probably just a glutton for punishment or you like us that much. Probably not because Eric's here. But the main thing that we have is uh, an eye towards the future. What I want to do is I want to go over the games and I want to talk about some news. But what I want to do is look at through the scope of the offseason because I'm already in offseason mode and ready to start start talking about next year's draft. Now, our plan is... Um, first weekend of the NFL playoffs, we were going to do a fantasy postseason draft, but I don't think anyone benefits from that. So I think, uh, we, well, I know we spoke off air and I think the consensus is we are going to try to do a wildcard weekend ranking summit where we get you, uh, maybe just running back or running back wide receiver or what have you. We're going to get you the first, the, be the first show to bring you fantasy football rankings for 2018. And the beauty is throughout the playoffs with injuries, breakouts, we can adjust them. We can weekly look at them and see who's rising, who's falling. Obviously, free agency will impact it, then the draft as well. So I think that these are all things that it's worth, you know, keeping an eye out for as we, you know, look at uh, a week 16, which was, I don't know, ho-hum. So what do you say, guys? We'll do a little news and then we'll look at these matchups and see what the future holds. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. Notes. All right. Um, Andrew Luck's back on, or, uh, well, let's go Andrew Luck. I was going to go Aaron Rodgers first, but Andrew Luck was never going to play football this year, and you were stupid if you thought he was. You stupid Colts season ticket holder, you. Uh, so, Paul, you, you're the one who broke the news, at least in our group chat. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Luck, healthy. True or false? False. Oh, <laughs> elaborate. Tell me more. Like, did he have a car? Well, from 
what I've been reading, although it's not certain, there is a possibility that Andrew Luck may need surgery again. On a bicep? Is this true? This is what I'm hearing, that he may throw a football sometime (laughs) soon. And if he's got pain throwing this football again, we may need to go back under the knife. So... (laughs) That is the story out there. Now, to all you fools who (laughs) banked on Andrew Luck playing this year, me being one of them, having drafted T.Y. Hilton, um, don't be too hard on yourself because we've been bamboozled. Oh, we have Uh, been. We have been. The talk, and we've said this a lot, the talk the first week, "Eh, Luck may play. Yeah. He may play obviously was so far from the truth. There's no way that I can possibly believe that the educated medical personnel in Indianapolis thought that there was even a chance that this guy was going to play. The fact that he's he may need surgery again is something I'm definitely going to keep my eye on in the offseason. It affects luck. It affects that whole offense. If we haven't learned that by now, mm-hmm. we're never going to learn it. MC, you did a draft and stash with Andrew Luck, so give me a hot take. Where are you drafting him next year? Probably right around where I drafted him this year. Uh, okay. This year I got him in the 11th round. Mm-hmm. Um, and and frankly, a lot of it depends on what quarterbacks are available to me. Um, and, and I don't mind sharing the strategy with you guys because, it, I mean, you know, it, it's not like I'm showing too much of my hand. But, you know, if I can pick, let's just say, Jimmy Garoppolo in the 11th and then get luck in the 12th and stash him as an insurance policy i'm okay with that you mean the undefeated jimmy garoppolo heck yeah undefeated starting quarterback i love it and um if you had jimmy garoppolo on your team you wouldn't be showing your hand you'd be showing the back of your hand to your opponent you would be king of no i i that'll be by the way I am going to say, I'm, I am going to put the league on notice. Just let Garoppolo fall to me in 11. Just, Just let it let happen it, and yeah. watch. I we dare call you. That, we call that a Jimmy slap. All right, let me ask you this, Paul. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go to Bear with this one. I like him more. Yeah, go to Bear. Um, oh, okay. Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo? Who would you rather draft? Uh, Matt Ryan. Okay, despite the, what, I mean, most of the guys in the show won't shut up about as, I guess, disappointment, we'd call it. Well, he's hot and cold so he's he's hot is this a matty ice joke you're making remember that one time you made a really Ooh. good matty ice <laughs> yeah because he drinks drinks natty ice how did andrew luck hurt his freaking bicep he hasn't been doing anything i, I don't know I, this whole thing um, gets annoying i think it's the after effects of the surgery i'm not sure if he re-injured it i just think they're worried it didn't work the first time mm. and i shouldn't laugh but it, it's just ludicrous that we're still here yeah <laughs> I mean, really, we're having the exact same conversation that we had, like, the day after the draft. It's true. Yeah. What does this, this do to T.Y. Hilton, though, guys? Like, for I mean, right now about, or for next year? Next year. I mean, you know, this year, you know, where, do you remember? I don't, I don't know what the ADP is for T.Y. Hilton, but I would imagine it was probably pre-luck injury, you know, middle of the second round. But I would imagine he probably got drafted in the fifth or sixth round. But is he getting drafted any higher or lower than the middle rounds next year? Like, what are your guys' thoughts? That's a tough call. Um, he's, yeah, I mean, you can't take him that high. Uh, I'm trying to like, think off the top of my head somebody I'd liken him yeah. to. Um, I think you can make a decent case with him and maybe a Juju Smith-Schuster next year. 
Uh, I, that's just some guy. I, I don't know why I picked him, but um, okay, Bear, T.Y. Hilton or Sterling Shepard? Ooh, wow, that's um, Hilton. T.Y. Hilton or a healthy Allen Robinson? Everybody can play now. Well, I'll take Robinson. Yeah, I'll take Robinson as well. Emmanuel Sanders or T.Y. Hilton? <laughs> Allen <Sanders>. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'm just trying to get context. I mean, this is that's why the offseason is so fun because literally it's an hour and 15 minutes of me saying names and yeah. you guys picking one. And I don't know. It's my idea of a good time. But yeah, I guess the the point is it's the company he keeps. Like I, I'm not sure about a round. And as we always say, it, it's it's more about what your draft was like earlier. If you went running back, running back, running back, tight end, quarterback, then maybe you have to go Ty in the sixth. But if, if yeah, exactly. But if you can get him as a fourth wide receiver as a luxury, you're going to be weak at running back. But that's probably where you'd be most comfortable owning him. I don't know if you can depend on him right now. T.Y. Hilton to me is going to be a guy that people are going to draft in that mid to late, those mid to late rounds with the thought that there's a tremendous upside to him. If, if luck can come back, which is a big if, mm. uh, and they can establish even a similar rapport. I mean, let me put it in context. When we were doing a lot of our mock drafts in the offseason, there were a few drafts where T.Y. Hilton went in the first round. Okay. Now, I yeah, think that's fair. way too early way too early even for this year but my point is there there's a huge upside where that guy could all of a sudden turn into a bench slash flex player to a wide receiver too so i think he's going to get drafted in just about any league but there's going to be that thought that oh he's got this huge upside if he can just be a fraction of what he used to be he's going to be huge for me i also think he's going to be a guy you probably don't own and by you i mean us in in the on the show and the listener who's more savvy and more aware of things because I think Andrew Luck will be healthy and somebody will draft him in the late second expecting T.Y. Hilton of old and uh, the, the the guys on this show, the people who listen to the show are going to be more standoffish because we have a very different opinion of Andrew Luck in that offense right now. Add to the fact that Pagano, um, you know, it, it, it'll, it's liable to be a different, completely different offensive scheme. Frank Gore won't be there. Could be Jacoby Brissett for a period in the beginning of the year. Like, this is a mess. Uh, so I don't think the savvy owner spends the draft capital that has to be spent to get T.Y. Hilton, particularly when this year you were taking T.Y. Hilton ahead of uh, a Tyreek Hill or a Golden Tate. And mm. I don't think anyone can rationalize doing that now. Um, I guess we're in this game. So when I look at this game, I, I think Broncos have to go quarterback because Osweiler's just not the answer. I, I can't say he's played terrible. And I know John Elway loves him, but what is it going to take to make Demarius Thomas a uh, what Eric drafted him to be? W- what has to happen in the offseason for that? I think you hit the nail on the head. They need a new quarterback. Uh, well, I'm asking: is it a draft? <laughs> yeah. Is this a is this a free agent situation? And you, I mean, this is where Eli Manning probably pops you know, up. But you know, it's 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 odd because Osweiler came in and and he looked like he was a you know. Uh, a veteran quarterback, like kind of mm-hmm. controlling the game this week. And even I, th- I think it was whoever was commentating the game was like, wait, where did this guy come from? Yeah. And but, you I, know, he had a good game. I don't know. He had a good game. No, I, I'm just, I guess what I'm asking primarily is what are the chances they think they have something in Osweiler and, and they 
play another year and waste that defense to Marius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. They waste him for one more year. Mm. That's that's the scariest proposition to me. Yeah, if they roll the dice on him next year, it, it could be an ugly year again. Yeah, I I think that's. I don't know. I don't see Brock Osweiler being anything but ugly. So he's really tall too. Does anybody else remember how tall he is? I think he's like six seven. He is. Yeah, he's yeah. He's like MC. He, he's tall. like for I think for quarterbacks six six or taller, he's the most winningest in that's NFL right. history of that's them. That's right, and it makes wow. sense. I mean, he carried him to that Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of trends, out west, uh, we had a. Kareem Hunt back to being a top five pick. MC, mm. you own him, you love him. There's, okay, these these situations go two ways. Um, when you draft a guy late and you're right on him and he ends up, like you drafted a, a first rounder in I believe the sixth round. I want to say sixth or seventh round, MC. I, I want to say seventh actually, right? Yeah, it's the seventh. Yeah, so you drafted a, a top five pick in the seventh round. Um when this happens, I feel like, and this is just a little psychology on my end, uh, owners tend to go one of two ways. They tend to think a either A, um, I love this guy, I was right on him, I have an irrational tie to him, and I'm, I'm more prone to overdraft him or overpay for him or something like that. Or two, they think, I was lucky once on this guy, though I don't want to be around when the wheels fall off, there's no chance that I'm right on him two years in a row, and they he becomes LSD. So what is he for you? And also, tell well, me my theory is absolutely right. Well, of, I mean, of course. Thank uh, you. You don't have a show for nothing. You're so sweet. Uh, I think that, you know, and, and I don't want to get too inside baseball here, but um, pretty much Monday afternoon, I started my draft prep. Good boy. <laughs> and uh, one of the things was I put uh, a round grade uh, on all of my players from this year. Mm. And. I'm, I'm just saying I will not draft and Kareem Hunt's one of them. I will not draft him before whatever round grade I've given him. Okay. And part of that, and again, I, I don't mind showing my hand a little bit. I'll say this. It's not in rounds one or two. Wow. Uh, and that my was... rationale is because Spencer Ware's coming back. Mm-hmm. And now I, and, and my thing is, I don't know what that means yet. It might mean nothing. They might cut him. Mm-hmm. It might mean a timeshare. So yeah. I want to, I want to wait till I see what that means. Paul, there's this theory and I've, been susceptible to because I was right on it like one of my first years in fantasy and that is young rookie quarterback and established running back is like a you want the running back in that combo and for me it was um, Philip Rivers rookie year and LaDainian Tomlinson it just and that was LT's all all time all world season where he threw for more for touchdown passes and I think he put up over 20 and it was amazing Uh, what I gotta ask is is that something like we have to think about now? Do we have to think about Mahomes as the starter, or did Alex Smith do enough to hold on? Well, what are we thinking with that? Because that will certainly factor it in. And if it does, which way does it push you? I think that for me, my worry is that Alex Smith may decide not to want to be the quarterback there. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's more than just did did Alex Smith do enough? Interesting. Where do you see him? Is this a is this I believe MC has him pegged in Buffalo currently, right? MC, you are correct. Okay, uh, but is is Hunt's success, is Tyreek Hill's success, Kelsey's success tied to Smith, or is that something that a rookie quarterback, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? He'll just come in and follow that mold. I mean, I think it depends on the quarterback. I mean, all we heard for the you know the couple weeks there in the season was how great Mahomes was and how 
you know, how anxious they were to kind of get give him the keys to the car, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he offers a, a little bit uh, of more upside for a guy like Tariq Hill because Mahomes does have such a big arm that the deep ball comes into play a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, you know, does that maybe take some targets away from Kelsey? Maybe, but it also depends on what this team does in free agency. I, I think they need uh, a second wide receiver option, a little bit more of a possession receiver, almost like a Jeremy Macklin. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I think they need somebody like that. If they get that, it could take targets away from Kelsey. I, I'm, I'm very wary of betting big on offenses that had a big year the year before to do it again if I don't think their quarterback's a top three. Interesting. Uh, it's an and, interesting and I viewpoint. Think, I don't think, even if Alex Smith comes back, I don't think he is. So I don't I don't know that I would bet big on this Chiefs offense again. Bear, uh, MC brings hmm. up a really good point. And when you look at this offense, you're looking at, you know, uh, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. We can pro- I mean, th- those guys will all three most likely finish in the top 10 at their position. Then you add in Spencer Ware, who, if he was healthy, would probably have been top 20 talent, I think is pretty safe to say. Mm. So when I say that, I say these four guys, and they're probably all going to get drafted in the first six to seven rounds. Mm-hmm. And that, like, so you're agreeing with every premise I've put in front of you, right? No, I'm asking. I'm, I'm, no, I'm asking. I want, I'm being serious. Like everything I've said so far sounds correct, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the reason I say that is it, what doesn't fit is the Chiefs being a top five offense, because if they're going to have this many stud fantasy players, they'd have to be a top five offense, right? Oh, you would think they should be, right? And that, yeah, and I that's mean, what scares me. What What are your thoughts? You you would you would go into the season thinking, well, they're going to be, but I mean, nothing's guaranteed, no matter who you have. Um, you know, you got all these timeshares going on, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's just so spread out that nobody's actually doing anything. They're all just getting you know nickel and dime stuff here and there. I don't know. I mean, now now I have a question about you know Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Let's say you know where comes back. Uh, is, is Hunt, you know, still going to maintain his, uh, like PPR threat at least? I, he, he should. And, and I'm looking at 24 attempts for 155 yards. So it's very hard to say that anything would be good for him other than all the carries, but spelling him and giving him more opportunities in the passing game, third down and stuff might be a, a more big play kind of move. I'm thinking theoretic, but but better. I'm trying to think of a third down back who's better than that, but I don't know. I, I would say they'd have to split carries. I don't think it's, you know, it's, I don't know. That's a tough Paul, help me out. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I what I think is interesting when comparing the two is to look at where last year and Hunt this year. And although their statistics are not identical, they're very similar. Hunt in the first five weeks this year 609 yards on 97 carries, 166 yards receiving, 16 carries, uh, 16 catches, and six touchdowns. Where? Similar. Like I said, first five weeks last year, 95 carries, almost 500 yards, 15 receptions, 285 yards, three touchdowns. Very similar. Now, and again, and I won't go through all the numbers here, but their numbers in the final, in the last six games, um, well, where's next six games after that? And then Hunt's next six games after his first five. Again, statistics very similar. 
281 yards for Hunt, 298 for Ware. Receiving, 178 for Hunt, 117 for Ware. Mm. Two touchdowns for Ware, none for Hunt. So my question, I, I, the question I start thinking to myself is, is it just, are these guys just very similar backs that fell off? Is this maybe an offense thing? Maybe the, the entire team is falling off? Hmm. Um, so, so, the, so uh, now coming into the season, I thought Hunt was going to start. I thought he was going to surpass Ware because of that drop down. That was one of the reasons. I just didn't see Ware as that 16-week back. Now Hunt is kind of showing the signs of being similar to Ware, but I'm starting to wonder, is this a team thing? Is the team falling mm-hmm. off? Is it not just Kareem Hunt or Spencer Ware? Is that offensive line tired? Or, you know, is the quarterback play, we've seen it, go from high to low. So I think it kind of piggybacks off of what MC said previously in that it, I'm concerned about Hunt. I'm not spending a first-round pick on him. You know, talk to me in August. I'll probably end up spending a second-round pick on him. But, <laughs> you know, uh, that is a concern. With these guys with similar production, is there going to be a, a timeshare? Or even if there is, is there a worry about the team as a whole that this is happening to their quarterback mm. and their running back in the last two seasons? I think it's interesting, and I, I will probably will. I mean, we can talk Chiefs all day, apparently, but maybe we should stop with this. I guess the fact that there are so many red flags, and we didn't go into this conversation with any kind of rundown. This is just us off the cuff, and we've come up with all of these red flags. I'm sure if we tried, we could come up with a few more. So that probably says the most about it, the fact that there are that many red flags to be found. Shifting gears on the other side of the ball, they played the Chargers. One of them won. I don't remember who. I don't really care. I think it was the Chiefs. Uh, Hunter Henry placed on the IR, and that, that really hurts because... One, he had come into his own with Gates there, and you have to assume that next year he won't have Gates. So, Bear, where do you take him? Is he a is he a top six, top five tight end? Where do you see him? Mm. I mean, I'm, he would have top ten at least, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's safe. I don't know. I'm just trying to say, I, is is he worthy kind of getting nuts over? Is he worthy of being this year's Zerts? Next no. year, Zertz. No. No? Zertz, Zertz will be there. That's why. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is is this a is this a guy you get late and he overperforms? Uh, it's possible. Anything's possible, right? Yeah, that's the analysis I was looking for. Well, yeah, well once, I mean. Once again, once again, I hate to sort of go to a catchphrase, but please, people in our league, let him fall to me in the <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, let him fall <laughs> to you. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, when you start naming tight ends, obviously you're going to go Kelsey, Zertz Gronk is your top three in some some sort of order there, uh, and then that fourth spot is open. I, I, oh, I think the I think the fourth spot's Evan Ingram. Interesting. Mm, Ingram yeah. is going to be there, and, and Greg Olson will be back. I think Hunter Henry's in that second tier with Ingram. I, I think when you talk about Ingram, you talk about uh, Hunter Henry. Uh, you know, maybe Jack Doyle ascends to that second or third tier. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think tight end this year was one of the weaker positions, I think, in fantasy. Yeah. Um, and I think next year might be a position of strength. I don't know. I think it depends on kind of, you know, who emerges where and who mm-hmm. you know, gets drafted and stuff like that. So, uh, if I guaranteed you 16 games from Jordan Reed, um, would you, who do you take, him or Hunter Henry next year? I'd, I'd, ask, you if you, I'd ask you if you're working for the Colts. 
<laughs> well done. I can't. I, we got to close the topic because that was perfect. Um, I mean, if, if there's anywhere else you guys want to go, I guess we could do a little bit more news. Uh, Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers, you guys know them and tolerate what they do. No. So Aaron Rodgers on the IR. It's, I know it's not. I know it's the smart move because why? Why waste anything else? But it well, really comes across as like sour grapes. Like, well, you well, know, then they, fine. They, We're not even going to play Aaron Rodgers if we can't they, win. They didn't bring him in to save the day, right? That's what they said. <laughs> but clearly, they brought him in to save the day. Well said. Very good. Uh, yeah, it's it stinks for a guy that was hoping to start him in the championship game this weekend. Aaron Rodgers would have been nice. Uh, but I will say that this is the spot where I will plug Blake Bortles and wait, wait for it, Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton's a guy who's going to be a sneaky play this weekend, but Blake Bortles is the guy you want. Uh, we can do the game. Uh, we can do the news uh, as far as Green Bay. I'll ask, there is no concern with him next year, right? Like he goes into next season as our number one quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, I, Drew Stanton, I, I, of course. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I would say I'm not concerned with Aaron Rodgers. I do expect him to be among the top quarterbacks selected. I think that, and I came into this year with him as my clear number one, and I know Weston came in with Tom Brady as his clear number one. Mm -hmm. I think after the injury, it might sound it might not sound significant, but I'm, I'll downgrade him to two. <laughs> I mean, it's not much, but I, I'm not overly concerned. He's gonna. He he was rusty. There's no doubt about it. He admitted he wasn't making passes that he ordinarily would make. He threw three picks, which were, which was terrible. Mm -hmm. He still put up 290 yards and three touchdowns. I'm not concerned with a full off season. I I, I can agree with all of that. MC, where, at what point do you make your Russell Wilson case when we're talking about top quarterbacks? Uh, <laughs> again, I think. Yeah. There's a lot we need to see yet. I think the um, with the Seahawks season kind of crumbling the way it is, I, I actually have a hunch that Russell Wilson might not be a top five guy next year because wow. I think Seattle. Well, because I think Seattle's going to change the way it plays because it wants to get back to the glory days of running the ball and playing defense. And when they get all their defenders back, it'll be easier to do that. Hmm. So I, I might again. I would, and this is a long way off, but Russell Wilson might not be. I think he's going to get overdrafted next year. I think I think the bigger story from this game, though, mm -hmm. and, and I, you know what? You might have to play that I was wrong drop because, look, I know we're not looking at him as a great running back, but you can't deny <laughs> you can't deny that Christian McCaffrey yeah. probably should be a running back one next year because of the PPR numbers he puts up. I mean, yeah. I, I, I thought you were making a joke about Cam Newton having more rushes than anyone in the game. <laughs> I was getting there, but that's okay. Okay, because we do look at him as a running back, because apparently the Panthers do. Right, but I mean, McCaffrey, look, you just can't argue with numbers. And, no. and at, some, at some point, you have to look at the numbers and say, all right, you know, McCaffrey's a top probably eight running back, so you're probably going to need him. You're probably going to have to draft him in the second round if you want him. I can agree with that based on numbers. What I disagree with is... I feel like that is that is probably the right call, but I think it takes too much, um, not ignoring, but maybe overlooking some other factors, like the fact that they cannot win with him as an actual running back. Like, your the PPR numbers make sense. He he has great numbers in that mm -hmm. regard, but 
there's no one out there, and I mean no one, who believes this guy is an NFL between-the-tackles running back, and not that he has to be, but Jonathan Stewart can't keep playing, and Cam Newton can't keep keep getting 14 carries a game. So at a certain point, something's got to give, and I I think that without the other factors around him, like Cam Newton running the ball and um, like Jonathan Stewart doing the the dirty, uh, getting beat up between the tackles, I think that Christian McCaffrey's value will fall off kind of exponentially because of that. I, I just think that he he's he's I'm not wording this right because it's off the cuff, but I think he's it, he's benefiting from some very good circumstances for him that I don't know can continue, or at least there's no reason they should because Cam Newton should not be getting those 14 carries. And I think if you were giving Christian McCaffrey 25 carries, I still don't think he could break 100 yards. And at that point, I think that defenses approach him very differently. I don't know. Mm. That's just me shooting. But yes, I, I, I don't think you can look at the numbers and say he's not a threat uh, or at least not a startable top, you know, uh, top 12 running back. Wow, I can't believe I said that. Speaking of which, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers ruined everything that was good as far <laughs> as the Green Bay backfield, correct? Uh, uh, yes. Bring back Todd Hundley. Yeah, no, unfortunately, when my dad and I were talking on the phone complaining about the game, I said, what happened you know, to, to the running game? I mean, especially with a guy coming off an injury, I really, I did not expect Rodgers. Now, they were down, but I didn't expect him to throw 45 times. I just was a little disappointed with only 19 carries in the entire game for the for the entire backfield, and Rodgers had six of them. So, well, they they threw they threw that cape on him, and they said, "You go throw that ball." That's not why they brought him back. They didn't bring him back to <laughs> and, save and things. And they totally they totally forgot that they had people in the running back position. How about uh, everything changing just by the quarterback changing? Um, Randall Cobb needed 14 targets. He needed them. That's- that's very I'll tell you what, when I look at these target numbers, that's actually kind of alarming because <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a good way to put it. <laughs> no, but Paul just brought up a great point, which is they threw the ball forty five times, which is you know, for the Packers with Rodgers, it's not that abnormal. What is abnormal is Nelson only had six targets. Mm-hmm. Like that I you know, when Geronimo Allison yeah. is out targeting Jordy <laughs> Nelson. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Adams. I mean, now now Adams got hurt, so that's a little bit of a, 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 a tricky... He didn't get uh, hurt. He got murdered. He, he got... sure did. Again. <laughs> oh my, yeah, again is right. Too. I forgot about that. So, but I'm, you know, looking at next year, you know, I know I've said it a number of times, but I can't imagine a world where they pay Devontae Adams and keep Cobb and Nelson. And if Nelson's only getting six targets on a 45-throw day, that's a very poor target share. Mm-hmm. And that... I don't know. That doesn't bode well. This is Paul. This is also one of the few offenses where I think the quarterback has a very clear say in. I shouldn't say roster decisions, but there's there tends to be this thing where Rodgers talks up a guy and then uh, he gets more playing time, and obviously then Rodgers would target him more. I'm, I'm talking about Adams in the past, Cobb going back further. Is this is there a chance that Rodgers prefers Cobb and Adams, and then we they we see Jordy Nelson with the Cardinals or maybe Seattle or something like that? Well, to, just to address your first point, there's no doubt about it. You're correct. Jeff Janis is a perfect example. There you I, go. I, how how does that guy get on anything but special teams plays? But um, not to make fun of him too much, but no, I, no, not I enough. Defin- Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely see a little bit of concern there with 
with Nelson. Um, two years ago, the guy was injured. He is obviously getting older. I know him and Rogers are buddies, but um, it, it, yes, I am concerned about Jordy Nelson. This year, he was low end first, high end second, I believe. Um, there's mm-hmm. there's no way he's going to be close to that next year. Um, I see Adams taking a step forward as far as ADP mm-hmm. compared to last year. Cobb was going undrafted in some leagues. Sure. Um, I, I would say that he, he may not be drafted at all next year. I'm with MC2. I think that this offense, there's definitely going to be a shakeup. And, and we're going to see how much influence Rodgers has because this team needs to draft non-skill positions. Mm-hmm. And if they start drafting high-end skill positions, I'm going to be a little concerned. Yeah, the target numbers are are incredible, and even on the other side, Olsen getting twelve targets, Funches who who had a good game, for, you know, the previous week, and has had a good year, just disappeared. Um, and that just seems, I mean, that's a lot more Cam Newton because very sporadic, and I don't know. I just think when I when I look at these running numbers, and I look at Williams got ten carries for thirty, you know, Jones obviously had three carries for forty seven. Um, and then, you, you know, you lost, but you were going against a great pass defense. I, I just, I'm surprised by the, the lack of running like, or the lack of rushes. So I don't know. Strange. Um, other news, uh, and, oh, Antonio Brown. How about that one? Antonio Brown will be out for week 16. He'll be out for week 17, but that doesn't matter because you don't play fantasy football in week 17. Uh, and he'll be back for the playoffs supposedly, but any chance that if if he misses, let's say he misses the playoffs, does that affect his draft stock, or is he the clear number one in next year's draft? You can only have those two options, Eric. Uh, he's clear number one. MC? Clear number one. Ooh, Paul. I'm sorry, did you say Le'Veon Bell's the clear number one? That a boy. Oh, wow. uh, really? Overall, I would say Le'Veon Bell. I, I This is what's going to be fun. next. Like, so... When we do the rankings, which should be about two weeks, um, it'll be fun to to debate Kareem Hunt versus whoever and, and see where those guys fall. But when we do the overall and we're talking about pick 1.1, 1. 1, uh, is it Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown? Is there anyone else that can get in that conversation where, from where you guys sit right now? No, I mean, you're, you're dealing with either one of those two. And, and I, you know, personally... And I'm just saying personally, mm-hmm. uh, I would probably lean towards Brown just because I think that, you know, there's some more depth at running back a little bit later in the draft that you can kind of find. Mm-hmm. But I would also say that if somebody took Bell at number one, I wouldn't argue. Like, I wouldn't put up a protest. Um, if it were my pick, I would pick Brown. But again, I, I think we're, we're splitting hairs there. Yeah, I guess the, what what you're saying, what I'm thinking you're saying is the difference between Brown and the number two wide receiver, whoever you think that is, is much greater as we sit right now than the difference between Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. That would be correct. Okay. Yeah. Actually, the numbers bear that out. In in our league, at least, Antonio Brown has approximately a 20-point lead over DeAndre Hopkins, whereas Le'Veon Bell is actually second. Mm. He's actually behind Todd Gurley. So... I definitely see MC's reasoning there. Now he's been doing this for three, four years now. Um, Brown, well, at least three years. Brown's been, you know, consensus number one wide receiver. The wheels do have to fall off. Is that a factor, um, or is 
Like, is there a lot of things that could make that happen in your mind, Bear? Or as long as he and Ben mm. are healthy, he's the guy. Uh, ooh, you know, I, I guess a lot depends on on uh, Roethlisberger next year, right? I mean, isn't isn't um, next year supposed to be? Well, I don't know. It was supposed to be his last this year. This year was supposed to be his last well, year. He said, "Right." Like, I mean, next year should be his last year. Um, uh, if they win the I Super think, Bowl, I mean, do you? He, right. I could see him retiring. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I could too. I mean, I don't think I don't think. Brown is going to have a wheels fall off type of type of situation. I think, if anything, maybe uh, you know a slight downslope. Um, mm. I don't think it's going to be any type of drastic. All of a sudden, he's putting up eight points a week type of thing at all. Okay, no, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll age gracefully. MC, who is the wide receiver where you, from where you sit today that will usurp him in the next one to three years? Wow. Um, I, I mean, the possibility. Ooh, I have one. Be, the possibility would be Hopkins mm-hmm. with Watson back for a full 16. Um, man, I, see, I, m- my instinct is to say Julio Jones, but then I think Matt Ryan is a poo poo platter. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't. So I, I'm going to say maybe Hopkins, but he's the only one that I, I could imagine doing that. Bear, you had somebody. Oh, I was just going to say uh, uh, McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, is it is it concerning that the name that didn't pop up in here is Odell Beckham? And I think it has a lot to do with the Giants doing everything they can to ruin their relationship with Eli Manning. Well, it's it's going to come down to what the Giants do with Coughlin, I think. Um, can they fire him? <laughs> if you think about this, if they could fire Coughlin at this point. What that could do for the things, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I think that, and if I'm being completely honest, just because of his injury, I forgot that name. I'm looking at statistics of this year, and obviously he's not popping up. Mm. But I think I think you're right. He's probably the guy if that situation can improve. Because if we're going to go ahead and say DeAndre Hopkins, which I don't disagree with, DeAndre Hopkins is 25 years old, Brown's mm. 23. Hopkins is not in the best situation either as far as – I mean, we're, we're hoping Wat, uh, Watson comes back and is healthy, but he's proven that he, he can do well in, in poor situations, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're going to say Hopkins, you have to at least be open to the idea of saying Odell Beckham Jr. just because that situation is not going to be great either. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, since you know we're going on things we've been wrong, maybe I should just say Larry Fitzgerald since that guy's going to play for the rest of his life. <laughs> he will. He will. Um, what I would say is, as I think about Odell, what what – bothers me about him and and it'll definitely be reflected when we rank and when we we do our draft prep is there are all uh, uh he you're okay you're not letting go of you're not doing what you did to eli manning to sign you know alex smith you know what i mean you're doing this because you want to get rid of him in hopes that you draft an eli manning you know what i mean your next version of that so Odell Beckham will either either they re-sign Eli for some reason and he ends up back there or they don't trade him, I guess would be more like I think he's under contract. So it's either Eli stays and Odell Beckham, you know, and then the value is what it is. But more than likely, they part ways with Eli and it's either Davis Webb or it's another rookie quarterback. And that's not promising for Odell Beckham either. So I, I think that Odell Beckham's value, no matter what happens, has to have been impacted pretty bad this year. 
I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think that, but but then it boils down to the you know to who do you think is more physically talented, Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, I personally would say Beckham. I'd say Odell Beckham against every, physically oh. physical tools. Right. He's Jerry Rice or something like he's it's yeah. nuts. No, I agree. So part of me wonders, like with a rookie quarterback, and and I'm going to steal the commission's line from the other day. If a rookie quarterback does come in there, instead of a playbook, do they just hand him a sticky note? With, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Does, does he become mm-hmm. the monster next year that maybe and, – and maybe the way to look at him is sort of this year's DeAndre Hopkins where you're drafting him in the second or third mm-hmm. – you get top three or four production out of them. Maybe. Maybe. You, you guys, th- you think you guys think Beckham's going to fall out of the second? There's no way. I mean, not if out, Odell Beckham's sitting there in the second, the second, how do you not take him? Well, yeah. Well, how do you not take him? Because, you know, they start Eli the next two weeks, and then they say Davis Webb, and we have to figure out what that means. Sure. No, well, I, I understand Okay, that. I'm saying, I, okay, you're saying that there's no way he makes it in the second round because someone will pounce on him. I can agree with that. I I guess what I'm saying is if, if we're looking at this logically and we're really going through and we're saying, okay, this is what um, – these are the factors like I did with Eric right now. If you agree with A, B, and C, then you know they have to equal something. And I think I, that I, they add up to Odell not being a, the second wide receiver overall. I, I would say second – yeah, I, I meant second round. Definitely I could see him not being the second wide receiver overall picked, but – you're correct that all that math adds up. I would just say that he may fall under an exception to that math only in that, like he said, like you said, Burke, and I would agree with this is he's just the physically most gifted wide receiver in the NFL, probably by a long shot. I Mm. I, I honestly believe that. So I just can't see myself. I just honestly believe that you can plug that guy into a bad situation and have a great year with him. Wouldn't and, you... and if they can just get that right a little bit, mm-hmm. he's going to have a monster year. I mean, we're, he, he came into this year as one of those top three wide receivers, the big six that we were talking about coming into the year. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, the, maybe he drops out of that those top that top three spot. But how far? I mean, you're going to put Mike Tom. Mike Thomas has had a great year. Mm, you're going to no. draft Mike Thomas over Odell Beckham? No, no. Keenan, Once we start Keenan doing Allen? that, yes, he's he probably is a first rounder. But what I'm what I'm more hinting towards is when we do the off season, we find reasons to fall in love with guys and we find reasons to hate guys. And I think that we're going to keep looking. We're going to keep harping on these factors, and I think we're going to find a lot of reasons to temper our expectations with Beckham. And we're not going to find that many reasons to have a lot of confidence other than he is Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. And if you're drafting him, you're, you're completely in favor of, well, he's Odell Beckham. And that's the only thing that matters to you. Um, but if you, if you're logical and you, you know what I mean? Like, I think you win championships because you look at all the factors and you make the best decision for that draft spot. Um, I'm not saying that that's obviously the best decision to pass on Beckham, but I think right. that when you look at all the factors, it's going to be tough to pull the trigger on him in the the eighth overall spot and pass on maybe a Christian McCaffrey. I, no, you know what I mean, but <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. No, I, I do see what you're saying. And I think that just based on what happened this year and their situation, I do see him possibly falling out of the first round. But I think that that second round is a sweet spot for him where it's not just his name. It's what he's proven on the field when he's been playing. Even this year, the last three weeks that he played, I think he scored 28 
I just was looking at it, 16 and 20 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the guy obviously was producing when he was playing. So you've got the injury concerns, you've got the concerns with the Giants, but he just, like I like I was saying before, maybe it is just the eye test for me, maybe it is just his name, he's just somebody I trust in a good, okay, and a bad situation. I'm going to show my hand right now, MC, and I'm going to say I want to pick 12th in any league because there is a chance that I will end up with whoever the wide receiver one is and Odell Beckham as my two, uh, or I end up with a great running back and Odell Beckham is my two. Like, if you're picking 12th and 13th and back-to-back picks, you get Odell Beckham either as a wide receiver two or as a wide receiver one to complement a great running back. And I don't, you know what? I can't think I, of anything I was, better. I was just going to chime in with that. Really? Okay. Say, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say to me, he falls right around the turn. Oh. But, but here's the thing though. If you're sitting there at 11 or 12 and Odell Beckham is sitting yes. there, it, there's no way that you can find two more players at that turn that are going to produce more. And, and I, and I don't want to, you know, it, it's not that I want to move the conversation away from Beckham at all. No, it's just, that I think this game had two interesting things to me that made things pretty clear. Mm-hmm. One, Jay Ajay is going to be the back in Philadelphia next year, and I think he's going to put up a great season. Okay. And the other thing is, I I really like Wayne Gallman. Yeah, Weston was so high on him, and I didn't see why. When you watch this game, you see why he he has the uh, he's tough. I, I I don't know how to put it on that. Well, he's like he's kind of he he's 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 obviously a good athlete. Most of these guys are. But the thing that I saw now, he only had eight carries, but I mean, he had seven targets, which is impressive. But the thing was, and this is what I said to somebody I was watching this game with, I said, when you watch him run, he never gets hit square. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? No, that's it, what I mean by like, tough. He, he bounces off. He, he yeah, keeps like, fighting forward. I, I like that about him. Yeah, he always, like, he'll always just kind of twist a, so, a shoulder at the last second, um, you know, just make a little move to where the hit is indirect instead of direct. And I think that bodes well, not just for yards after contact, mm-hmm. which is a stat I care a lot about, but also it bodes well for his health. And, and I, Wayne Gallman, I think, is somebody who you might be able to get in the fourth or fifth or maybe even sixth round next year that might pay big dividends. Is Wayne Gallman this year's Paul Perkins, Paul? Oh, <laughs> I hope not. Hope not. Jeez. No, no. I, I, you can't be that bad. Okay, Bear, did Sterling Shepard make him, like, what, okay, Sterling Shepard had 16 targets, 11 catch, 139 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Odell Beckham will be back next year, and Shepard's number is going to come back down. But he's clearly the the wide receiver, too, in that offense, right? Like, Brandon Marshall won't be a thing next year. No, no, Shepard should be number two. So, let's play this game again, Eric. Uh, Shepard Shepard is a worthwhile number two. Um, You're going to draft him in the first nine rounds. Yeah. Okay. Odell Beckham is a, we just established, he's a top 13 pick. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gallman is a top five f- five or six rounds he's going to go. Yeah. Ingram is the, the tight end four or five and probably no less. Correct. Okay. Where does this offense finish overall? Top 15 or no? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's strange though because <laughs> yeah. when you really look at these numbers, it's like well, Eli threw for four thirty four on fifty seven attempts, 
and he's a good quarterback. Like, you know, whatever you want to believe about Eli, he's he's one of the best 16 quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, he might be he might be falling off, but he's still a skilled quarterback. Sure. And if know? Odell's healthy, I think this is a six or seven win team. I just don't know. I don't know what faith I have in this team. And it's going to do a lot of what coach they hire, what offensive coordinator. I can play the coaching carousel consequences drop then. Uh, I just think that there's a lot to be excited about, but really this, we're gonna have to start pumping the brakes on ourselves. The more we look at this. <laughs> All right. Uh, we don't have to go to every single game. Oh, by the way, I agree completely with JJ. Um, and I'm, where is, are we, where are we is, going? Well, what I want to ask about the Eagles, can they win with Nick Foles? Can they win a, a single playoff game? <sighs> Ooh, I think they could because they'll be at home and, and, but here's what I think is going to be a, a little bit questionable in terms of what happens the next couple of weeks. I want to see the Eagles in a game against a really good defense that is going to force them to alter the way they play. And I want to see if they can do that. And, and frankly, I don't think they're going to get it here uh, at the close of the regular season. So that leaves me with a question going into the playoffs, you know, can the Eagles win a 10-7 game? Mm. And my answer is I don't know. No. Um, so, and, and that I, I, that m- makes me believe they're vulnerable. That it, what I that's what I mean to say. No, no. You look at what the Panthers just did to the Packers. I don't think the Eagles can win that type of game. I don't. I mean, they they can score a lot, but with a, a defense that's going to stymie them and push back, and an offense that because of their quarterback can bleed clock. Um, I, I think that, that that's a recipe where the Eagles could get exposed very quickly, especially because, look, Nick Foles beat a, um, what we've talked about all year as the worst defense against the wide receiver and tight end and quarterback in the NFL. Anything else is going to be a challenge, and they, they barely beat the Giants. So when they get into the thick of it and get real challenges, I think it's going to be tough. Um, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of games. Uh, is there let's, any, go let's ahead. Go to the, uh, let's go to the Patriots. Okay. Um, we want to go there. Yeah, they did what they always do. Right. Next question. <laughs> they, uh, yep. Rob Gronkowski, they had a, a call from up above and said, overturn that. Oh, okay. Until they actually tell me what a catch is, I, I can't get upset with the stupid catch thing because now, here, like here, uh, here's my question about that. Okay. So he caught the ball turned and was like falling, diving, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that instantly, as soon as it crosses the line, a touchdown? Well, but I, the only thing I'm thinking is that he didn't technically, quote, make a football move to, you know, further himself towards the end zone. He was just kind of falling while he was catching and all that sort of thing. I don't. I, what I would say is, honestly, I, I learned long ago that I have no idea what a catch is. Um, the standard that I tend to use is, you know, if we were playing in the, 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 you know, in the flag league or the Sunday game or something like this, would it have counted or would we have all agreed? All right, do over. Uh, and, and it seems like every time I think, yeah, I would have counted that I'm wrong. Every time I think that they would have, we would have said do over or incomplete. They say it's a catch. So I I just quit. Whenever there's a play like this, you know, if you go on SI.com or ESPN.com, There's always a ton of articles like, here are some ideas to fix the catch rule. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I read that the first time I read it, like I was 
like adamant, like, okay, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But now, as I think about it more, it's actually not the stupidest thing I've ever heard, which is you get nine former football players who sit and watch the games in New York or wherever, whatever central location you pick. And then when there's a play like this, they vote. <laughs> and you either vote, you either vote catch or no catch. And whichever has more, there it is. Like yeah, that's as good as you're going to get. Honestly, that's interesting. Exactly. That's, and, and like when I first read that, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But then the more I look at it, I can't come up with anything better. Yeah, yeah I, mean, the, I the, mean, go ahead, Paul. The way that the rule is written now and is interpreted, it seems like every time one of these guys tries to reach with the ball is when this problem happens because the ball ends up hitting the ground. Because mm-hmm. even these guys, they've got huge hands, huge arms, but still, when you reach out with one arm the ball tends to hit the ground. And, you know, when you're in the, you know, heat of the moment, you, you definitely can bobble the ball on the ground. So to me, when I, when I look at this, I think to myself, I would tell myself, well, don't reach. Don't even reach for the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. There's too much of a risk. Now, of course, when you're actually playing, all you want to do is score that touchdown. Sure. Um, I, I don't see a fix. I, I yeah. personally don't like the, the any suggestions that I've even read. Um, I, I don't know if there is a fix other than if, if as soon as you have control, as long as you've got two feet in the ground on the ground, you can fall to the ground and lose it. You know, I mean, that, that would be the only fix that I can think of. I mean, um, they did something nine, similar. Maybe. What? Nine person panel. That's the I, fix. I, I'm fine <laughs> with that. I, they did something similar where it used to be if you were forced out of bounds, now to go. If you were forced out of bounds, it was still a completion. Or it was an if they if you were forced out of bounds and they believed you would have landed in bounds, it was allowed to be a completion and then it, now it switched to you can be forced out of bounds, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Like yeah. that was a drastic change when it happened even though I'm not explaining it well. Um so there is precedent for them to come in and just say, "All right, guys, that that was a mistake. That thing we were doing was stupid." So what I'm saying is I'm I'm arguing for more index cards <laughs> that was stupid that was stupid we need more index cards to, to tell if things are first downs an index card <sighs> folded folded index card god almighty all right uh we've talked i, I, got, I got one yeah i i was gonna say for next year maybe Maybe we could talk about uh, somebody that we don't mention on the show a lot, uh, a guy named Derrick Henry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here here we go again. The Mm. Titans managed to lose to the 49ers. But they they ran the ball to the guy who was averaging three yards a carry. They gave him 18 carries. DeMarco Murray had 18 carries. uh, Derrick Henry only had seven. And I'll admit Derrick Henry didn't make the most out of those few carries that Mm. he did have. Um, But... As far as looking forward to next year, this offseason, what happens in Tennessee, I know at least on our show, <laughs> is I mean, we're going to be talking Derrick Henry. He's going to be one of those guys we bring up, well, it seems like every single show, but Rightfully so. he's going to be one of those guys that we desperately want to draft. And, and you know, the Taft crew is going to send a message to Tennessee, please, <laughs> please give us a reason to put this guy on our team and all we need you to do is play him. Um, 
obviously he, <laughs> you know, I'm joking around, but at the same no, time, the, the the team didn't do well. They lost to the 49ers this week. Henry got seven touches. I mean, that's garbage. <laughs> the, the guy needs to be getting a lot more than that. And I just think looking forward next year, he's he's going to be a name that we continue to drop because if Murray isn't there for some reason or Tennessee comes out and says, you know, Henry is our guy coming up this mm-hmm. year, I, I can I, I can see Henry becoming a guy that we tout as somebody who you want to draft in those mid those mid rounds because he could be an absolute steal. Oh, I, I, everything you're saying makes sense. And this is the, somebody says it every single week. We all agree. Like there's no one that looks at this game, looks at this score and says, okay, 25, 23, they lose to the 49ers and they see Murray got 18 carries. Henry got seven. There's nobody that looks at that and says, well, if Murray got 25, they probably would have lost worse or exactly the same. They would have said, no, give Murray 20 or give uh, Henry 25 carries and they will win this game. It's it's just stands to reason based on everything he's done. The you know malarkey doesn't see that, so I I don't know what to say. I I feel bad because there's just so much talent there and it's just untapped. And I also feel bad for how many weeks is this in a row, or, or at least in the last like five weeks, where they were wins and they were they became losses. And there's just one factor that it all correlates back to. I, I don't know. So, yeah, sure, I want to draft him, but I also, he might end up being LSD because I have no concept of that they might, you know, I I don't know, they might sign Bishop Sankey and give him 15 carries a game. I don't know. Bishop Sankey. All right, sorry. That was Why your not? weekly Derrick Henry. Um, I had to get it in there. <laughs> the Raiders aren't as good at football as they think or they thought. Marshawn Lynch is getting way too many carries, too. Uh... Burke, let me ask you a question. I think mm. that that's a great game to go to. Um, Cooper, I mean, is he is he in that Henry kind of category where we just trust this guy and you know he's such a big talent? There's no way you know you can significantly downgrade him. Or have we seen enough where we just say, you know, not just the injuries, but even when he's playing, he's just not a first second round talent anymore. I'm. I'll say to you that what I say about every guy, um, he should go to New England. <laughs> Give him. You think it's a team? I, I just. I mean, I. I don't know. We do this every week, but I think this team is very bad. Uh, I think it's poorly run. I think there's a reason Jack Del Rio never had success in Jacksonville. Like he really never did. The only guy who ever did is uh, the most fireable man in football, and that's Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I think that something's wrong with Carr. That that's obvious. Something's probably wrong with Cooper and Crabtree and everybody. But but from the start, from Jump Street, this was a mess. Uh the whole Marshawn Lynch thing is, is really a debacle when you look back. And it, it looks much worse when you're six and eight than if you were eight and six. But what what the what were they doing with Lynch? Like, why is that the solution? Whereas Latavius Murray looks pretty good in Minnesota, doesn't he? And I know I've said this before, so I apologize for repeating myself to the mm-hmm. listeners. This was pure PR. That's all it was. This was because now the story in Oakland is, oh, yeah, you know, the hometown Marshawn Lynch is back. Oh, you should come to games. Don't worry. We're not <laughs> leaving you and losing at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to get I, that's, that's sales somehow. The whole thing was. Do you I'm know what's you. not coming to, to Oakland? Not, uh, not this year, not next year, not ever again, is a playoff game. Uh, and because of moves like this, because this kind of junk, and and I guess 
when I, I have so much confidence in Cooper's talent. Now, whether that's misguided or not, he might very well just be Sammy Watkins. But I tend to believe that there is a ton of talent, a ton to be excited about there that's being misused more likely than he's just not a very good football player and everything I've seen and believe is wrong. And that's probably selfish. That's probably egotistical. As I, as I look at this team, one of the things that, that keeps sort of popping into my head is now that sort of the NFL, it seems at least in the short term, has changed a little bit in terms of the way trades happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if Cooper, probably not Carr because of the money involved, but Cooper and Crabtree, I wonder if on their way out the door to Las Vegas, if these guys aren't moved. Um, as as a way to kind of clear the decks. Now, granted, I think it's more of a shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic, but um, it might be a way for them to maybe save a little money and and try to recoup some draft capital and try to start fresh in in Las Vegas. But Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying I think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be like, you know, uh, Kevin from home alone. If uh, (laughs) moved. Well, bear, when, when he says that a lot of options obviously pop up, but I, I agree with MC. I think a trade, makes sense especially when mm. report came out today the browns could have the first the top two picks in the draft not that cooper's worth a, a number one straight up but what i'm saying is if you can work out a trade and get an amari cooper and maybe swap first rounders you know it's more complicated than that but uh, a guy a team like cleveland where you add him to Corey coleman and josh gordon um and and they draft a a sam darnold or you know drew josh or rosen or allen that's, that could turn around quickly. Where would you like to see Cooper yeah. land? Oh, any anywhere that's uh, cars not throwing it to him, I guess. <laughs> Man, you were the biggest I mean, car fan too. Uh, I, you know, I was. He just this year, he's not. He's not the man I once knew. <laughs> he really. I isn't. have a location if you want to hear it. I do the Jets, right? Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. That would be beautiful, and Carol can pull that off. He always pulls off those sweet trades. I, I just, I think. You know, and obviously I, I'm talking a little bit of sour grapes here because Doug Baldwin set me on fire. But um, I think that with combine a talent like Cooper on the outside and somebody like Russell Wilson who can run around and make plays, I think they have they have the capability to be a better version of Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey. Agreed. No, I I, I think that yeah. Their their talent when you compare, I mean, I think both of those players, uh, Cooper and Wilson, are more talented than the counterparts hey, in Philly. I I have a quick question. Go ahead. Uh, it's not it's a to the Lions, but um, Amir Abdullah. How when do you think he's going to get a hundred? Twenty thirty six. Man, okay. <laughs> right now, do they get a hundred yard rushing game next season? <laughs> I I mean it. Like like total for the game or a hundred yard rusher in a game? hundred yard rusher. We, we talked about it last week where it was 2013, Paul. Is that what we came up with? Yeah. Reggie Bush. Okay. So, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, cause they can't get a 50 yard rusher. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Especially when we buried the 49 yard rusher mm. unceremoniously. Man, this is a, this is, the, it's either the worst good team or, the best bad team. I can't tell with Detroit, and it seems like that every single year. Um, no, I'll go on record. I don't believe they get a hundred yard rusher next year unless they go. Um, what is it called? B A B, best available Buckeye in the draft. 
<laughs> and they just pick up Ohio State's O line. <laughs> I, I don't know. Best I, available I, Buckeye. That's a good strategy. Go ahead. Yeah, I like that. I, I I don't. I guess I just don't see it. Um, I don't know how many games are they at. They've got to be closing in on that record. Yeah, that that's something to look at for next before next show. I I know they're over sixty. Yeah. I, oh, I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking a look right now. The record is seventy two. I believe by the in Washington them. Redskins in the sixties. Oh, in the we 60s. haven't had many. Yeah, in Cleveland the 60s, did. all you did was run the ball. <laughs> Cleveland, yeah, that's true. Cleveland had one of 69 from 88 to 93. Cincinnati had one in 92 to 97, which was Corey broken Dillon. by none other than Kajana Carter. Oh, Kajana. Okay, I thought Corey had, had to drop Kajana Carter. I in. thought you were talking about Lockhaven's own Corey Dillon. Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's get away from Detroit and Chicago. Let's close out. And Kajana Carter. Well, yeah, I mean, we rightfully so. Um, TJ Yates is not an NFL quarterback. <laughs> not not in in theory, in in uh, practice, in execution. I mean, I man, that was okay. tough. Allow me, allow me to just open this up by saying, first and foremost, you're right. Okay. However, however. <laughs> I would say that I don't know if necessarily this is the game that illuminates that for me because what's very clear is that the Jacksonville Jaguars have the best defense in football, period. Mm. Um, This defense, if you recall back to week one, they made Paul's best friend, the Southwest Savage, look bad. Um, They've made quarterbacks look bad all year. So I don't know. Here's the thing. Yes, you are correct. TJ Yates is not an answer, but this isn't the game that shows me that. Um, just because I'm not willing to hold this against him. I mean, he still targeted DeAndre Hopkins 13 times. Yeah. You know, Jeez. inefficiently got four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. But like I said, this this J- Jacksonville defense is it's entering Seattle Seahawks territory from three or four years ago where you have to consider benching dudes against them because otherwise, in big situations like this weekend, you might get beat. I think they're also obnoxiously, ignorantly outspoken like those Seattle teams. So that's nice, too. Um, <laughs> I like that. You you do. I, I actually was going to talk about it. And it's, this isn't the show, so I'm not going to bring it up. But I, I toyed with the idea of um, the new celebration rules. Obviously, this year you can do group celebrations. And I think they've led to a lot of, uh, I, don't, I don't know, idiocy or moronic behavior, I guess you could call it, because the focus now is these guys write these group celebrations and it's like hell or high water. We're doing that score. And then you're down, you know, 28, seven and you score. And then now it's group celebration time and you're Juju Smith Schuster and Martavis Bryant making fun of, you know, <laughs> clipping a guy, taking a guy's knee out uh, on a crackback block or whatever the hell it was. And I, I don't know. It just comes across as obnoxious yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for the, um, the 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 team photo celebration. I think that's a you know a pretty cool one. Other than that, the, the rest are garbage. Wow! Did you see Did you see Devontae Adams and the Packers do a power yeah. walk race? The power walk. I did see that. <laughs> I <laughs> heard it. Did I, someone do a a, a a a sack race this year too? I believe. Yeah, that was uh, that yeah. was Kelsey, wasn't it? My God! I really that sounds like a Kelsey thing. It does. Um, but I guess the 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 point is. That they will not get a hundred yard rusher this year. TJ Yates is not an NFL quarterback. Um, Todd Gurley is a hell of a running back. Um, and we're gonna skip over that one. That that game in general, it was it, it's not indicative of anything. That that was just a 
um, outlier, I guess you'd say. It's, that's not... I, well, I don't think an, you can extrapolate a lot out of it. I said it's an outlier that couldn't have come at a worse time. Okay, well, that's what I was trying yeah. to avoid. It, it cost MC... Okay, when MC says he doesn't want to show his hand, twice this year, he showed me the back of his hand hard. Uh, I've only <laughs> lost twice all year and both times to MC. And... It was all primed for me and MC to meet in the finals, and then Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin did awful things to him, and it's not fair. <laughs> so I, out of courtesy, I, I we we decided not to talk about Todd Gurley's four touchdowns, the Rams' 26-point <laughs> defense performance that coupled with the Wilson-Baldwin debacle just edged it out, and I, I feel really bad. So It is what it is, man. I'm over it. It's it's what What did you call it? A beautiful agony? It's a, yep, just let, it is hey, just let me just let me get Jimmy the arm Garoppolo next year and I'll be hoisting that goal. You will. I mean, I, I don't understand how you don't if you get Jimmy the arm. So you're going Beckham with the 13th pick. You're going Jimmy in the 11th or wait, Jimmy in the, the 11th and luck in the 12th. Yeah. Like OK. I mean, this, this is Wayne Gallman in the sixth. <laughs> this roster is looking a, good. I have a more important question. Are we calling him the arm because I nicknamed him the arm that one time? You got that straight, yes, bro. All yes. right. <laughs> All right, good. Let's go with the, it. Nice. He's, he's undefeated. He's the only undefeated starting quarterback in the NFL, sir. Wow. Jimmy the arm. Jimmy, Jimmy the, the arm. arm. Garoppolo. Oh, uh, man, it's going to be very interesting to see the way he's drafted. And were they right? Like, when this happened and they were like, ah, we might not even play him. We Everybody was outraged. And they are like, what are you doing? You're perfectly in line to draft Sam Darnold. What, what's going to happen? Garoppolo is going to win you your final five games and all he's going to do is crush your draft. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just took them out of a top 10 pick. He's won a bunch of meaningless games, but he looks like he could be their quarterback. So I guess it's probably all worth it. Speaking yeah, of quarter- I mean, for, oh, go ahead. from their perspective, they were probably thinking, OK, if he stinks, then we know it and we'll be in a position to draft a quarterback. And if he's good. Okay, yes, our draft stock is definitely going to go down. We're going to pick lower, but now we're not concerned about picking one of those top quarterbacks, which are going to go early. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting the way it worked out, and I guess for the best, uh, because the other thing is, let's say he stunk it up, then you'd be hearing, well, you're still drafting a quarterback, right? You're not passing on Darnold. He's a South Car- or South Cal- Southern California boy, and yeah, yeah. on and on. All right, we're not doing Bengals, Jets. We're not talking to- Browns. I want you to archive. I want you to archive this right now. I want you to put me on wax. Mm. San Francisco 49ers 2020 NFL champions. Wow. Really? Huh. On wax, son. On wax? Okay. I, Do you know how big this show is going to be by 2020? <laughs> it's going to be big. Have the capabilities that we're going to have to come back Man, to you're this. Gonna have, I you're going to have you. a lot more people listening to this at that time being like, wow. Man, he called we're gonna it. Have an, we're going to have an intern pull up this tape. Oh, Joel. <laughs> His name will probably be Joel, I imagine. We'll yeah. have a call screener, too, so that way when Weston tries to Skype in, he can't, we don't let him on. <laughs> no, it'll be Todd. It'll be Todd. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, I'm going to go on record. You can put me on wax. 2020 NFL champions, New England Patriots. As it was oh, in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. Just let me just... Just let me ride that wave until it ends, because no end in sight. It's sad um, that I believe that you're probably going to be right. You know what's funny? And this is this is just, uh, I always say, a peek behind the curtain or behind the mic. Um, in our league, we do a thing where at the draft, we hand out a sheet. And that sheet, you pick everybody's 
Uh, you pick every division, the finish, one, two, three, four. You pick the wild card teams, the NFC and AFC divi- you know, championship winners and the Super Bowl winner. And then we use those points as sort of like a fun little game, and we kind of factor that into the draft pick process because it, it's, it's, you know, it's fun. And every year, there's a guy in our league, Sam, and to know him is to love him. Every year for the last, I want to say we've been doing it for a decade, so every year for 10 years, um, he's just picked Giants over the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and he always <laughs> ends up very high because he always gets the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Two of those years, he was completely right. So <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> So, all right, all right. Well, well, let's let's bring it back here. Um, Kenyon Drake is somebody that is going to require ooh, decent. Ooh, I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to draft him in the third or fourth. You might not get him in the third or fourth, friend. Yeah, no, you you, you very well could be right. I mean, it, he's playing. Okay, look where Jay Ajayi went, and he's playing better than Ajayi. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's I, I'm certain they're going to upgrade that offense and probably a lot of the offensive line next year, too, because the defense isn't really that bad. Not that good, but no, I agree. I mean, Tannehill I agree. comes back. They have a good wide receiving core. I think they're it's weird that the team's not much better, but they really aren't. Well, well that, look who they that, have a quarterback. Awful. What? That defense is awful. See, I, I think there's promise. I, I don't know. I'm a D. Okay, yeah, they're bad. That's uh, <laughs> a bad defense. It really is. Um, yeah, you 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 might not get Kenyon Drake. And Williams is healthy. For, by all accounts, I think Williams can play. He's just not going to. If what I was reading is that they just don't see the point in putting him out there. But you got Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker. Uh, Kenny Stills taking the, the big step back. But... There's some weapons on this offense that Ryan Tannehill is going to re, uh, re-inherit. Can you re-inherit something? You can now. Okay, yeah. and he's going to do it. Um, I'm also, I want to get out in front of this for next year. I was a, a year premature with it, but LaShawn McCoy is an LSD next year. Even yes. though when you look at his numbers at the end of the year, he is going to be worthwhile. And again, even this weekend, he had five, four catches, 46 yards, two touchdowns, only 50 yards rushing on 20 attempts. Uh, and a whole off season for the aches and pains to catch up. I think that he, you can't touch him. You can't draft him where he will be drafted next year. Yeah, I, I would agree. I know we had this discussion in the off season, you know, is, is this the year where his, you know, the wheels fall off? And I think, man, from a guy who has been used a lot, I mean, he's second in the NFL in carries and a guy at his age, I would have to agree with you. I just think this may be that last final year. And and to his credit, this team has less than an offensive player. I mean, outside of him. Like, Charles Clay has been their main weapon. Uh, they traded away Sammy Watkins. Calvin Benjamin is just too injured to be anything special. You know, uh, right down the list, you know, Zay Jones, no one, no one has hit. Going back to, like, the last time they had a great wide receiver would be, you know, the great Lee Evans. And he was huge. Um, in his prime. So mm-hmm. LaShawn McCoy is really doing it all by himself. And this is a wild card team that's going to make the playoffs. And I think that they're going to ride him till the wheels fall off. And I think the wheels finally are falling off and will fall off this off season. Do you think that Lee Evans was bigger than Terrell Owens? <sighs> it's tough to say. I mean, for his time. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, only one game we really didn't touch on yet, and that is the Devontae Freeman 22 carry uh, extravaganza. 
Now, granted, Coleman didn't play, but this is a trend you want to watch going forward, correct? Like, Freeman was, he wasn't, he's not a number one anyway, or a first round pick anymore, but um, I think he's a guy that uh, you'll be able to get out of value next year, or at least a value for what he'll return on. Any thoughts? Yes. No, I agree with you. I think I think what you're saying is correct. I think there's a couple takeaways from this game. Um, you know, one, obviously, Devonta Freeman without Tevin Coleman, you know, to sort of take away carries and catches is, is a number one. Um, you know, and the other thing I think we need to talk about is that uh, Matt Ryan is bad. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. I, I just I, I don't. OK, there's two things I know for sure. One, water wet and two, Matt Ryan below average. <laughs> Uh, but isn't he due for he'll be mediocre next year and then you'll draft him in the 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 12th the following year and he'll return top five value isn't that how he works sure that's fine he can do he can do that all he wants i refuse to admit it no no, that's fine he's lsd that's the that's why we have this term lsd i'm actually going to take it a step further he's my jay cutler (gasps) what what (laughs) eric that's not fair that he said that there's only one Jay Cutler, and you get to hate him the most. <laughs> now, I'm going to do air oh. quotes as I talk about this next player, but what do you guys make of Peyton, quote-unquote, Rondé Tiki, end quote, <laughs> Barber? 13 carries. Uh, no, I, don't, I just wanted to see if I could make... Don't call me Rondé, he says. I don't know. Um, I, like I, When I saw that he was going to be the lead back for them, yeah, I was like, I was. I thought to myself, like, oh man, like he's been around a while. I felt like that's a name that I've heard for a long time. And then I looked; he's twenty three. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of Peyton Manning, and you've heard of Tiki Barber. <laughs> right. Like I was like, it was, it was like this guy. I thought that I like had been playing for like six or seven years. Oh, I, I love like, those guys. I, I love those guys. Like Willie Sneed was one of those guys for me. I'm like, God, Willie Sneed's been around forever. Nope, no, he hasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, no, the both both these teams are, are trending in opposite directions. The Falcons, despite being nine and five, I still feel that that collapse in the Super Bowl is just still haunting this team. Like it, they're tainted. I just don't see it. So, mm. um, but yeah, so that was the week that was. And I know somebody wants to talk about the Redskins Cardinals, but it won't be on this show. Um, I can only deal with so much Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's. It's uh, fun to play fantasy football. It sucks when you lose, and a lot of people lost, and I feel sorry for you guys. I feel sorry that you don't have your title, but if you if you enjoy humor, and you might, and you like fantasy football, and you do, uh, you should stick with us, because we've already switched in off-season mode, and that's when we're at our most fun, because... And you guys can chime in where you want, or, or back me, or disagree, but this is one of those things where like we, we have this whole concept of um it's just rigid it's like okay this game happened react to it now preview the next game and that is less we can't be creative but it's also not that fun like you can hear that from anybody so it's very hard to make that our own now the offseason i believe we truly make our own and that's that's you know where we do it the best so i'm very excited for that um i'm excited for free agency previews. I'm excited for coaching carousel consequences. I'm excited for all of it. Mock drafting, ranking summits. And if you if you just like fantasy football, if you're just a junkie for it and you just want to hear people talking about it year round, you're not going to get that on ESPN or, or any of the big guys. All the big podcasts, I know, they all go away 
and they they all take their vacations for right after the Super Bowl. We're not going away. We don't have lives. We okay. don't have any reason to leave these microphones. So we plan on giving you content. I think Burke, you said it perfectly there. I think our off season is absolutely the most entertaining off season among any fantasy football podcast. I would have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this off season will be no different. We're going to bring even you know more and new content. And the other thing I will say is just from a competitive standpoint. You know, if you keep listening, you keep hearing the names, you're going to be just that much more prepared than the other guys in your league who think about the draft, you know, the in night August. before when they pick up a magazine. Sure. So, yeah, I think our podcast is worth continuing to listen to in the off season. not only because it's entertaining, it's very informative and I think it'll give you the edge that you're going to need. Eric, you can also chime in. We get more excited for the off season than the regular season is what we're we're all getting at here, correct? Oh, absolutely. There's going to be amazing things to come in this off season. Yeah, and it is. And honestly, I, I think if nothing else, what we offer you is we offer four, five, six different viewpoints. And all we want to do is just get behind the mics and just talk about fantasy football. Like that's where the name comes from. And you can't, you know, you can't listen to two to three to four hour-long podcasts a week of people just talking about fantasy football without gaining knowledge, gaining perspective. And that's really all you can do, because if we could predict it, um, you know, well, then we would have picked, you know, our, our, our every pick would have been a home run, and you can't do that. Well, they say, uh, what is it, laughing um, helps extend your life, right? So we are going to just be adding years to your life. That's true. Oh, my God, that's so true. I'm hilarious. <laughs> do you guys remember how funny I was this show? Yes. MC does. He's I, I laughed that one. I laughed that one time. I said Uh-oh. I said so many good things. It's good. <laughs> no. No, uh yeah, however you came to be listening to my voice, please like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment. Uh believe me, believe you me. Uh we will be bringing a much better product than anybody else in this offseason. I truly believe that. I, I don't like to compare us to other shows because I believe what we do is different. But when it comes to off season and filling the void I think we do it well, and uh, just based on the the discussions we've had, the writing we've been doing, uh, we're going to do it even better. Because now we got MC, and uh, he's good at this. <laughs> All right, guys, for everybody here, we uh, we love you. Roll Taff. Goodbye. Goodbye.